Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. In the Old Testament, in the book of Sirach, we read, My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptations. And during this Lenten season, we are all called to come forward and serve the Lord. That is to say, we're supposed to be practicing our faith with greater vigor during these days of penitence that we call Lent. And we're not supposed to be on the sidelines or the back of the Christian crowd. So the same things that we always should be doing, we should be doing more so during this time we call Lent. And traditionally, there are three different activities that make up our Lenten disciplines. Prayer, so any kind of communication with God. Fasting, any denial of pleasure. And almsgiving, any kind of charity to your neighbor. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Everybody should be doing them all year round. But now we should be doing them even more so. And when we pick the pace up, when we come forward to serve the Lord, we should be prepared for more temptations. Because when we're lackluster and we're kind of half-heartedly living our faith, the devil just smiles, pats us on the back, and lets us be. He says, you're going the right way, kid. Keep it up. He's not going to try and tempt us if we're already walking the wrong way. I had a pastor in my home parish back in California who used to pick on Hollywood. You know, it's, everybody believes that the entirety of the populace of Hollywood and everybody associated with that city are living sinful lifestyles. And so this priest at my home parish used to say that in Hollywood, the devil is just sitting by the pool and sunbathing because he's got nothing left to do. It's already taken care of. And so we have to be careful that we don't allow our lives to become like Hollywood in miniature. The devil is taking it easy in Hollywood. There's not much more to do. But in the churches, he's very busy. He's very active. He sees that this is a problem when people are doing the right thing, when people are trying to live their faith, prioritizing God, for example. So in lieu of the expected uptick of temptations this time of year, because if we do more for the Lord, we're going to be tempted more. In lieu of that, the church begins the Lenten season by giving us these readings. In the first reading, we heard about the temptation of Adam and Eve, and in the gospel, we heard about the temptation of the new Adam, Jesus Christ. From their respective outcomes, we can learn how to resist like Christ and not resist like Adam and Eve, because both Adam and Eve and Christ are tempted with the same genre of sins, and also we are tempted with the same things that they were tempted by. So we can learn from their examples. Now you might say, I don't think I've ever been tempted like Jesus Christ. I mean, personally, the devil has never tried to make me use my powers of conversion to turn material elements into food. And when I am on top of tall edifices, I'm not very tempted to cast myself off of them. I tend to back up. And much less so am I tempted to worship Satan. But these are the temptations that our Lord was inflicted with. And so what do his temptations have to do with me? Like I've never been in the desert tempted by the devil like that. 
But if we look at the kind of temptation that Jesus went through, not just the exact thing, the specific kind, but if we look at that genre, if we look at the nature of the temptation, we'll realize that the same vices that he was tempted with, I'm tempted with all the time. In fact, these three temptations of Jesus fall under what tradition calls the triple concupiscence or the threefold lust. And these, this triple concupiscence, this threefold lust, it basically refers to our primal weakness. It refers to this disordered inclination to things that aren't good for us. St. John the Apostle describes this in his first letter when he said, when he talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, when we say lust, we don't mean lust in referring to the sixth commandment. We're talking about a craving, a longing for something. So in the temptation of Adam and Eve, we see these three detrimental attractions playing a role in their fall. Because people can ask reasonably, what went wrong with Adam and Eve? Like, why did they choose to eat the fruit? They were in the state of grace, they were in paradise, they had a lot of good things going for them. Why did they sin? Today's reading tells us, Genesis 3.6, the woman saw that the tree was, one, good for food, two, pleasing to the eyes, and three, desirable for gaining wisdom. Close quote we can see that these three appealing attributes of the fruit in the garden correlate to the triple concupiscence that St. John the Apostle talks about. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Eve saw that it was good for food. The lust of the flesh, it was something pleasurable. It was also, the fruit of the tree was pleasing to the eyes. It was good to look at, meaning the lust of the eyes. It was something she craved after. And finally, it was desirable for gaining wisdom. And it earlier says, making them like God. Having the wisdom of God, if you will. And that is the pride of life. Now, ancient Jewish tradition, we're going to explain what each of those means. Ancient Jewish tradition picked up on these reasons for the fall and saw these three enticing elements of the fruit as the three root causes for all the sins of the world. And in Catholic tradition, we identify these three elements as the three leftovers of original sin that continue to harass us even after baptism takes away the guilt of original sin. So these three elements are present in the temptation of Adam and Eve, and they're also present in the temptation of Jesus Christ. He was tempted with the lust of the flesh when he was tempted to turn the stones into bread. Now, the desire for bodily pleasure is not a bad thing, but there are times and places and kinds of bodily pleasure that are bad things. So it's not that acquiring food was bad for Jesus after having fasted, but acquiring food through his divine power. He was, going, he was being tempted to utilize that power to provide for his own nourishment instead of trusting in God. All our cravings for excessive food, for excessive drink, excessive bodily pleasures, disordered comforts 
are all kinds of lusts of the flesh, similar to what Eve and our Lord experienced. So anytime that we're struggling with gluttony, with sexual sins, with laziness or sloth, with screen addictions, these are all kinds of lusts of the flesh. And those are things that we often struggle with. Like who has not want to have a separate, who has not want to have a second helping of ice cream? Or who has not spent a couple hours a day on their screens? These are things that our Lord didn't have a screen, but he was tempted with this disordinate pleasure. So he experienced that temptation. And second, he was tempted with the control of all the kingdoms of the earth. The devil said, if you worship me, I will give you control over everything. And that was a temptation belonging to the lust of the eyes category. So we've already talked about lust of the flesh, flesh. now we've got lust of the eyes. It's the desire for possessions. Like you've probably seen something, window shopping. You've probably seen something and you said, I want that. Maybe your neighbor's got this awesome car. Maybe your coworker's got this great computer. Maybe it's some other article of fashion clothing, for example. You've seen something and you've wanted it. That's the lust of the eyes. There's this craving, there's this desire for something that's not yours. And that shouldn't and doesn't need to be yours. So whenever we are tempted to take what is not ours or to lament that someone else has something and we don't, that is the result of the lust of the eyes. And the third temptation was the pride of life. Our Lord was taken up to the parapet, the tower of the temple of Jerusalem, and the devil said, throw yourself off, because if you do, God will send his angels to watch over you. They're going to make sure you don't hurt yourself. That is to say, he was tempted to put on a show. Like, the devil didn't take him to an isolated mountaintop and say, cast yourself off into the abyss. He said, let's go to the metropolitan city, the capital city of Jerusalem, where everybody is there. The, the temple is always full of people. Let's make sure that you are in public and then show off your power. Show us what you can do. Present to the world how great you are. Eve had that same temptation. This third temptation was the pride of life. It's the desire to be seen as great and exalted or to think of yourself as really great and exalted without the help of God. Eve and Adam wanted to be like this. They wanted to eat the fruit that would make them wise like God without having to depend upon God. And we get this temptation to be God-like ourselves as well. We never say that. We never say, I want to be like God. That's not usually what we're shooting for. But when we are thinking of ourselves as the best thing on the face of the earth, or when we want other people to think of us as the best thing on the face of the earth, we are struggling with the temptation of the pride of life. So the three temptations experienced by our Lord, Adam and Eve, and all of us are for pleasures, possessions, and for pride or vanity. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Any temptation we endure or sin we commit is in one of these three areas of temptation. So how do we fight them? How do you not give in to them? Because you're going to get hit by them. We do the same thing our Lord did. The Catechism tells us that by the solemn 40 days of Lent, the church unites herself each year to the mystery of Jesus in the desert. So what did Jesus do in the desert? First of all, 
He fasted for 40 days. And he calls us to fast as well. And when you fast, you are countering the lusts of the flesh, those disordered desires for pleasure. If you have a problem with pleasure, whether it be eating too much or using your screen too much or sleeping in too much, what's the best remedy? Deprive yourself of some of those things. Deprive yourself of some food. Deprive yourself of some sleep. Deprive yourself of some device. And that will help to give you control so that you won't be enslaved by that lust of the flesh. He calls us to give alms to the poor in the church. So if we have a lust of the eyes, like, I really want this, I really want that, I really want all of this, what do you do? You give up some of the stuff you already have. You deprive yourself of some of your alms, of some of your goods, maybe just because you have too much, but also to counter that temptation to acquire more. Jesus in the desert, he prayed. He didn't just fast, he prayed. And prayer is the great remedy, the poison to pride. It's very hard to fall on your knees in front of somebody and think yourself better than them. And so every time we fall to our knees in front of the Lord, whether it be in the church or in our homes, we are acknowledging the supremacy of God. We're saying he is the Lord. I am the creature. And so if we're struggling with that desire for people to praise us, we want to be the center of attention, we love it when people talk and think about us, or we just think of ourselves to be the greatest, we need to pray more, do the opposite of those temptations. And that's how you fight temptations in any way, shape, and form. You do the opposite. Because if you ever give an inch to the devil, he will take a mile from you. How often have we used uh, just a little bit, just a little bit more, as an excuse to begin something that ends with us doing quite a lot. The devil knows that as soon as we are in for a penny, we will also be in for a pound. That is, we will follow through with our enterprises, whether they be good or bad, once begun. You've, you've probably heard the phrase before, once begun, half done. But that can also be true of a temptation. Once you begin to capitulate, you're already going the wrong way. And so when it comes to temptations, we don't want to give an inch, nor go in for a penny, nor even begin them. On the contrary, we need to follow St. Ignatius of Loyola's advice to do the opposite. And in this way, we'll not only overcome temptations, but we'll grow in holiness. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton lamented, temptations are everywhere. But she added, and so is the grace of God. And so let's ask Our Lady today, the Blessed Virgin Mary, to pray for us, that we might have the willpower to put into practice these Lenten disciplines, that we might pray fast and give alms with greater generosity this Lenten season so we can fight that triple concupiscence, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. <laughs>